everybody welcome to the improv network podcast i'm james casey oh sorry excuse me. let me uh, get the intro right here uh this is a series of conversations aimed at building stronger connections throughout the improv community i'm james quesada and i'm bob wick and we are your education team for the improv network you can go to the improvnetwork.org to check out all sorts of great resources uh such as interviews and blogs and uh, festival listings, and you can create your own individual profile, a teacher profile, a troop profile, a, a theater profile. Um, and there's also an improv FAQ page with these videos and uh, mini lectures on improv topics. Um, Bob, it's our 100th episode. 100, baby! Uh, I am broadcasting from Casa de la Moody. Uh, uh, Chris Moody is having his annual barbecue with with all the improvisers from Detroit. So uh, expect some guests because, you know, they want to have somebody come crashing through the window behind you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I set up that shot for. Uh, and put it up in on your network. network. <laughs> <laughs> 100. Police sirens, yeah. <laughs> um, man, yeah. So uh, I'm, uh, I couldn't be more. Um, happy and uh, honored to have uh, done a hundred episodes with you, Bob. It really is wild. Um, uh, Kurt throwing up the, uh, the, 100. the bidding hundred. Yeah. What's up, Kurt? Thanks as always for joining. Um, and thanks for being a part of you. I mean, we, we had a whole yeah, Kurt yeah, episode featuring Kurt's every 100 episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess, you know what I want to do real quick is, is just give like a little, um, <clears throat> Uh, back, background on on the the show because I think for some people that are watching through the Improv Network, um, it's uh, eyebrow raising to be like, you guys are at a hundred episodes, haven't you? Only been doing this for a few months. Um, but uh, the background on on this show is that um, uh, I had a show called Improv FAQ where I was doing little mini lecture videos on um, improv topics, and um, then at the beginning of the or in the spring of the pandemic last year. Um, Bob and I were shooting the shit about improv. Um, and we were like, you know, we could do like an improv FAQ, like at length, like longer conversation since my, yeah. my videos are usually like, like five to 10 minutes long. And it's like, let's unpack some of these more. We started the conversation series about it. <clears throat> yeah. Cause and, our, our, technically our first episode was over. What is that app called? Uh, Marco Polo. So it'd be like, here's 10 seconds of what I think about improv. Send to James. <laughs> and James would be like, hey, that's pretty cool. Here's what I think about. And we're like, let's yeah, just like, you this FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so uh, one of our guests um, in the summer last year was uh, Nick Armstrong, who's uh, co-founder of the Improv Network. And uh, it was around the time that they were doing a fundraiser to support theaters and festivals and organizations that were affected uh, by the pandemic and, and theater closures and whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, after the, the show we did with him, we were talking about uh, just how much we love the Improv Network and, and that we would like to do 
more stuff like it uh, and, and maybe grow Improv FAQ into a bigger educational resource. Uh, and Nick then introduced us to Melanie Leon, the um, uh, uh, CEO of um, the Improv Network. I always and, call her president. I know it's not her title. It just it feels appropriate because you know she's she does everything. She's so like she's amazing. Yeah, she is, yeah. And um and then uh, we slowly but surely started um making plans to get a, uh, for Improv FAQ to get adopted by the Improv Network. Um and uh, and so now here we are, um 100 episodes deep, uh, and um, very thrilled to be uh, featured on the Improv Network um, and part of their wonderful organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I just want to add, like, this has been such a fun ride. And one of the, the things that definitely helped me get through and a lot of people like I, we've we've had this from mo- multiple guests, like after we're done recording, like, oh, man, it was so nice to have these conversations that we used to have every week, you know, yeah. just have a little taste of, you know, the normal life, if you will. So, I, yeah, this has been awesome. And yeah, thank you for starting this, James. Like, this has been really great. Right back at you, Bob. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to mute my mic and clear my throat. All right. Um, so, <laughs> Vamp, it's, it's a, I got to clear a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> um, That's why he keeps me around, folks. <laughs> uh, so, um, we are very, very excited to have um, our guest for our 100th episode. Uh, it's a very special guest who. Um, uh, I have I the, the topic we're going to talk about is something that uh, I picked up from her, and uh, she uh, has has affected the way that I think about improv way more than she knows. And I've been dying to have a conversation with her, and so I'm so excited to have uh, our very special guest uh, with us for this episode. She's um, I, she's one of the goddamn best improvisers you can find. Um, she plays and teaches all over Chicago and the world. Best buds with Susan Messing, uh, with, and the, uh, with their duo, the boys who headline all over the place. Um, and if you haven't seen them, I really hope you get a chance to uh, at any point before you die. Put it on your bucket list. Please welcome bucket to the show, Rachel Mason. Yay! <laughs> welcome, Happy Rachel. Happy one hundo episode. Thank you. I feel like we've made it now. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah. And we are still waiting for Kurt's $2,000 that he feels like he owes us uh, because each of these episodes, as he says, uh, feels like a workshop. Priceless. Yeah. Well, it's $2,000. And so if you're listening, please send. (laughs) We capped it off. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the the average you would pay for your one hour long improv workshop. Yeah. Are, are you raising your hand, Rachel? I yeah. am raising my hand. Oh, I thought your prince was dying. My, I am. My no, that's I would Queen Elizabeth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, do I have a profile still on there? And is it not eight hundred years old? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we can look. Um, yeah, it's not going away. We, it's like my experience. <laughs> yeah, um, I still have like seventeen MySpace pages. Oh, yeah, I, I think I do too. For a couple old shows I used to do. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were. I was actually just talking to somebody about this last night, and we'll get to to the improv talk eventually. But um, is there is there not a way to delete your profile to not not have like an account management and delete? Like somebody was saying that like they they tried really hard to find a way I to do it and you can't. I think it is like you own the internet if you figure out how mm-hmm. to delete a MySpace page. 
Yeah. Uh, my profile got deleted automatically, but the pages, they're still yeah. there. Yeah. That, that's yeah. public. I know how to get my profile banned, but I don't know how to delete it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm going to do that now. I'm going to get banned. Smart move. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Rachel. So uh, thanks again for joining. Um, and uh, so I took um, I took a, a long form intensive. <laughs> I took right. a long form intensive with you uh, at Second City in Chicago, like um, a, a while back. Uh, uh, and um, it was split by you and Susan, who it was so awesome to have uh, the two of you tag team the teaching on it. Um, and there was one day where you were teaching us uh, some some of the uh, longer show forms like Weird Ass and um, the Armando. And uh, one of the things you brought up about ensemble um, is yeah. the different elements that make a great ensemble. And yeah. uh, so you introduced this, uh, this concept of head, heart and X factor. And you pointed out that it's not just an ensemble thing. It's also like something that pro that probably every it, improviser should kind of like tap into um, in, yeah. in some way, shape or form. But um, uh, it's uh, it's something that has that, that that has resonated with me a lot. Would you mind kind of like uh, describing, putting in your in your words what the concept is? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that it resonated so hard with you? Like what? Well, so um, I, I guess I'll just I'll just uh, say briefly that it's the idea of like the head is like the more cerebral, analytical, game oriented. Um, I mean, even things like wordplay and, and whatnot, I think would fall mm -hmm. into that uh, kind of mm -hmm. mapping scenes and analogies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then heart is more like physical, uh, emotion driven and, and uh, like space work and good acting. And then um, X Factor is like that uh, kind of wild card spice to things. Uh, yeah, the unexpected. And the reason it resonated with me so much is because as soon as you started describing that, um, what, what really happened to All me was All of a like, sudden you're like, oh, they're that, they're that, I'm this. Uh -huh. Yeah, every every um, every like exercise and like short form game and elements of long form started to like trickle into these categories. Yeah. And the biggest thing that it actually uh, did for me, uh, it's not something that I always think Why about. Why you put ringers in certain games in certain forms. The best oh, yeah. forms were created by a team to show off the skill that they have and the best teams are put together by people like who put themselves together. Oh, I reverse engineered that. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no. I, <laughs> you are the guest for our right. 100th episode. You don't need to raise your hand. You interrupt and, <laughs> and I yield. Um, but uh, I, I loved it as a teaching tool, more like above, above all else, because um, it it's really just helped me. It's something tangible, right? Yeah. You, like yeah. you can kind of envision it. Like I'm the kind of person that like math didn't make sense till geometry. And I think people like learn this way and this way and this way. So you have to like present it all the ways. And my exercises, like you said, like certain forms, like you can see like X factors would be good at this and heads would be good at this, right? Mm -hmm. Like casting, everything changes, sort of. Yeah. Uh, you can like see it, mm -hmm. it's tangible. Yeah, and it just, I think it helped me um, as, a, as a coach. Shortly after that, um, I was coaching a, a house team that had a year long run of like weekly shows. And my, my major goal was just to kind of like map these three things and um, pick, I, you know, casting a team that had those strengths in it. 
um, but also exercising um, people's did it, did it work? Did it was it great. Work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't go well. And I'm looking for like, what was I doing wrong? Don't <laughs> like, make me Rachel, can you explain it? Because because I've had to hear this guy talk about this for at least five years, every time we were in the car or out eating. And I'm not even sure if he was explaining it correctly. So, no. so like, uh, like this is like an intricate story. So there weren't a lot of girls and the girls who were hitting it were like riveting to me. And I was lucky. It was like Amy, Rachel, Tina. Right. And everyone kept comparing me to Tina. And I, I was like, maybe it's because I kind of look like her. Um, not anymore. Uh, she has a chef and a personal trainer now. <laughs> Uh, like I started paying attention to her on stage and I was like, she's very political and referential, topical, like she nails the reference. And I was like, I don't exactly do that. And then I started paying attention to Amy Poehler and I was like, she is a one-legged gorilla flinging its own shit. <laughs> I don't do that either. <laughs> and then I looked at Rachel Dretch and I was like grounded, committed character, heightening emotionally, like, because I was an actor first before I was an improviser. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I, oh, here it comes, a natural doo-doo in the wild. That is something I do do. <laughs> so, like, I started sort of, like, pulling what they were good at and bringing it back to class with me and trying it on. Cause you can't really be good at what someone else is good at. You have to be good at your thing, but like seeing them like crystal clear as three different improvisers meant that I didn't have to hate myself for not being able to do what someone else did. And like, I didn't have to hate them for not being able to do what I did. And I didn't have to hate myself for not being able to do what they did. And I think I cobbled all of this together because I was taking classes with Dell and like with Dell, you took class more than once. Like you just stayed or something. And he liked me because I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're disgusting. And he'd be like, what's your name again? <laughs> um so Dell had said like there's like the tactician and there's like the like the person who moves out of instinct and then I forget how he described the last one and to me it made sense to describe them as the heart head and x factor now they're all different kinds of ones like there's like pirate poet ninja or yeah. something mm -hmm. i think that's will hines am i yeah, crazy pirate robot ninja pirate what did i say uh, pirate poet, poet. yeah <laughs> i like pirate poet yeah it still works poet ninja i think that's we'll make we'll make that a because new the pirate yeah. is the poet in the other one i think uh i agree <laughs> <laughs> So then I started, once I started directing and teaching, I realized like, if you can't, if you can't get a student to go to come to you, you have to go to them. So I started being like, this guy's super verbal. Let me start making him do like physical shit and silent scenes. And she is always like, get it. 
And I'm like, you know, you don't have to work so hard, do some object work. So I was like in the head, there's the initiator, the editor, the game move maker, the pattern maker, the reference dropper. And then I was like in the heart, there's the um, physical comedian and the character improviser. We are not amused. Uh, hang on. Uh, character improviser and the emotional heightener. Like the person who just like is like that actor. You know what I mean? And then in the X factor, like I realized there were even some categories. Like there's the... Um, malicious X factor, like that person who's like taking enough improv to be dangerous and wants to be like cutting edge and says like stupid shit, racist shit, sexist, shit, like weird shit. They're trying to shit on your scene. I call it the hot shit foot and they're trying to do it, but there are all kinds of ways to even protect that person. Then there is the unconscious X factor who's like, um, <clears throat> conscious, which one did I do? Malicious, uh, malicious, conscious. Okay, the conscious X factor is sort of like things have been real quiet, let's do something crazy, right? <laughs> and then the unconscious X factor, I sort of say, I'm like, what does everyone think that is? And everyone's like, they're like, they don't know they're fucking up your scene, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. But think about it, reverse engineer that. They have no idea they're fucking up your scene. One, because it isn't your scene. It's both of yours. And right. two, all of them, all the X factors are genuinely contributing what they think is funny. It is just not what you would have done. So oh, I start, wow. yeah, exactly. So That's I'm like- That's a really good point, yeah. And Dell used to say that the best team had all three of them on it. Because like the weird guy is going to make a move that no one would have fucking thought of. Right. Which makes the smart guy go, ching, ching, ching. Oh, I know what to do. And the emotional guy goes, I can heighten that. So you get diversity of content, subject matter, like yeah. tone, rhythm. Uh, it becomes a very exciting pursuit. And people are like, they're a guy who's always fucking up my scene. That All of a sudden they're like, he's not fucking up my scene. Like, let me look for the opportunities for how to play with them. And I usually a guy, there's always a guy that nobody wants to do a scene with. And when I was coming up, I was the first person to run out and do a scene with them, which I guess is why Dell liked me. Because I knew if I could take care of this guy, then playing with everyone else would be like a piece of cake. Yeah. Am yeah. I yeah. screaming at you? I feel like no, I love screaming. it. No, no. Oh, I can oh, see we're gonna take the, a five the gears cool turning down. in both of our heads right now. I <laughs> Yeah, because we and like coming up, we learn. Oh, you like your job as improviser is to take care of your team partner, but we never like I've always assumed is, you know, I look good making them look good rather than. Well, oh, that's why we say take care of your team yeah. partner. It's inferred that yeah. you're making yourself look good. So Dell, um, not only did he say all three of them are on it, but the yeah. best improviser could access all three of them. Uh. 
Yeah. And like you probably fall squarely in a wheelhouse, but that's your comfort zone. And that's constructed out of fear and laziness. So if you actively try on the other one, you'll get better. So what I say to students or what I used to say before everything went belly up, I used to say that the IO is the heart. Right. Standalone pieces of improvisation that will never be seen again, created by ensemble in the moment. And the second city is the head. Uh, improv as a tool for satirical sketch comedy, right? Like that's a lot of, right? And the annoyance is the X factor where no subject matter, <laughs> no language, no topic, nothing is taboo. Although Mick will be the first one to tell you that everything has changed. And now you have to really protect your content if it's going to be outrageous so that people can laugh. Like even Mick is evolving. All of it. So Dell used to say this too. Like, sure, this works, but just like Stanislavski by the time like Stella Adler was like, you know, Stanislavski was like, I was wrong. Stella Adler was like, no, times just changed and acting went with it, right? So like Dell used to say an improviser or a teacher who thinks they know improv is dangerous because improv has to evolve with yeah. us and the zeitgeist. We are constantly changing. We're in a period of social upheaval. So our art is changing. Like you can't just make a show called like Manson oh, yeah. the Musical or Poo Poo La Arse or Big Trouble at Harry Gulch. The, oh. the les colon, the lesbian Western. I was in that show and, and okay. won, and won an annoyance is, award. Part of me want to ask, are these real titles? Are you of just, course are they you are. Just, no, those are real titles. Like, Damn, you're good. I'm called Jelly Rolls Parade of Sexy. I am good, but those are just too, like, it's funny because it's true. Yeah. I won a ducky for best tits in a performance in, uh, in Gulch. You could never do that category? now. You could never, <laughs> never have that category in an award Well, well there's now. a male and female Even category. at the annoyance group. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Men yeah, are yeah. like 3% of breast cancer, I feel yeah. for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, first of all. I'm sorry what, if that was long-winded. No, I, I, I was just going to say, I think what you kind of, what you laid out there was, yeah. uh, in an, an entire school of thought, and by my view, something that can shape the way that you uh, approach improv for the rest of the time that you're doing it. Like, honestly, real. That, it keeps you honest. It keeps you hungry and learning and not like that was a bad suggestion or that was a bad scene partner. It's like, so this is, I'm totally interrupting you. So like, please. like you said, Bob, like take care of your scene partner. So yeah. think of it this way. Second City says, take care of your scene partner. IO says, take care of the piece. And the annoyance says, take care of yourself. Because, yeah. like, if you say, like, my goal is to take care of my scene partner, you're sort of, like, glossing over the fact that you must take care of yourself first to right. do that. So at the annoyance, they're like, if everyone's taking care of themselves, like, let's fucking play. Let's tango. Not sword fight. 
or even chess, but like tango. I don't know. How, did any of those metaphors make sense? They all did. They all did. Great. You know, but what, what I like about this too is if you're taking care of yourself, but also trying to help, this is forcing you to show range which is a goal that we don't talk about enough. So let's talk about taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself isn't I am the blank with the blank and have a blank. And when he says blank, I'm going to blank. It is I'm tired so yeah. that you can listen to your scene partner. I'm going to be an asshole. I already said to Adler and Strasburg. Here we go. Uta Hagen. Oh, Uta Hagen said character is like a light veil. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. if it's too thick, like there's no way you can see your scene partner. And that is in scripted work. So in improvised work, right? Like a very simple, like I'm tired. Like look at all the storytelling I don't have to do. And we can literally talk about anything. Taxes, fucking, but it'll still be like, yeah, sure. Put it <laughs> in my butt, you know? <laughs> Um, I'm just going to lay face down. Like, you know, like that's <laughs> tired. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's too early for this. It's too early for this. Um, so taking care of yourself really means like one thing quickly to be like the veil that you see your scene partner through and it like illuminates the world. Yeah, that's, you know, I had, uh, I've heard the idea of where your character is a thin veil, um, but uh, I had not heard the um, the extra bit of if it's too thick, you can't see your scene partner. And I think that that's, yeah, that's the important yeah. part. Yeah. It's like the definition of satire, mock, ridicule. And yeah. the second part is to affect social change. And everyone mm -hmm. forgets about that fucking part. What the fuck? Well, oh, wait, wait, wait. So uh, where, where, that also in the same, uh, no uh, bit of the veil. Where where did the effect social change come from? Oh no, you were saying that like you'd never heard the second part of the veil thing. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the definition of satire. Nobody ever oh, hears yes. the second gotcha, gotcha. part, which mm -hmm. is yes. to affect social change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've always heard the the veil thing as it basically is like, well, we're not wearing like costumes and stuff. So like play no. kind of close to self and just like, you know, but uh, we stay close to self yeah. so you can like access without having to scratch too hard. Like this mm -hmm. isn't method acting. And no, like even in method acting, Stanislavski was like, don't hurt yourself on stage. Character puts a buffer and character can be something as simple as tired. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm even mm -hmm. talking differently because like my body, you know. And so like the whole idea behind the heart head next factor is sort of like to connect the heart um, up and to connect the head down so that like heads who would normally stand there would make a choice like to be tired or like character actors who are always like, mm, I'm a duck or whatever. And X factors would be like, oh, there's a pattern. And if I come in a third time as a duck, now it's our theme or whatever. Yeah. I, and I, I think that um, even even another valuable side effect of, of just hearing uh, the description of these three ideas uh, is that it just helps you un understand other people, where other people are coming from. Um, again, Fuck just speaking yeah. for myself. That, Fuck like, yeah. yeah. Like their reference levels, the weird shit they might say, instead of being mm -hmm. like, man, you're like open to be like, okay, some of this I can work with. 
Yeah, you know? or just being, I feel like <laughs> I, what, what I have felt just uh, some of this. <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. <laughs> that other part was sexist. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I feel like, um, I, and I would love to talk about about the the, uh, the the malicious and the different types of X Factor like all on their own because I think that like um, I, you know I'm I'm very eager to hear what you have to say, Rachel, about um, uh, how to you said you say you can still take care of the uh, malicious. Um, Fuck yeah. Um, but but real quick before before we get there, uh, just on the on the other ones too, I, th I think I have found like I run into. Uh, some some friction or tension between different types of players. <laughs> Bob, one hundred, baby. <laughs> Bam! I just got X Factor. I the party mode. I can't help myself. See, it was funny. We're yep. laughing. We're fine. Um, but uh, do you find what what is it? Do you have ob observations of people who who kind of get mad at each other for playing different styles at the same time? Rachel, that's is doing improv. Yeah. I don't care if you're doing film noir while I'm doing. Silent comedy. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I so don't know. This is, like, this is when I go back to my history. Oh, mm -hmm. all right. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. You ready? Yes. James and Bob. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would, I'm your, I'm your educatrix. And I am asking you to do a terrible scene right now. The two of you. I want you to do a fucking awful scene uh, whatever you think that means. That's not a whatever. Ready? Okay, go it. ahead. Yeah. So how much is this soap? I'm not your dad. <gasps> oh, man. Mom's going to be pissed. I'm a duck. How, how much did you say? I'll, be, I'll give you $5 for the soap. <laughs> you. Well, this soap is mine. Scene. I I would beg to differ if you think that was a terrible scene. You were committed. You exited. You denied each other. There was. You were in a relationship. He was clearly your dad, and he was fucking with you at bath time. And I picture you sitting in the bathtub holding soap, like I'm keeping this soap. So, long story short, when we do our animated series, we're gonna have to do that scene. Oh, I I use the worst scene ever to warm up every class. I've oh, ever I taught love that one. I because love that one. like people yes. are like, ah, like instead of like, what should my choice be? They're like, ah. Yeah. So this mm -hmm. is when I remind people that this is an art form invented by women for children to be successful at. Children lack a filter of fear and judgment. Those are learned behaviors. So kids are going to play like this. Mm -hmm. Right. While well, adults are going to try. So I just answered your question. I didn't know how to say it, but I just answered your question. Like if you commit, like it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll get funny. That scene was good. Even though I asked you to be bad. Now this is, I'm going to answer the other part of your question. Bob, will you help me? Oh yes. Okay. You like are going to be the bad scene partner. Okay. You, you're going to do everything, whatever you can to like, cock it up and okay. i am going to try and be like the good improviser yeah. or whatever okay uh all scenes take place in a starbucks so of course um yeah. great um this mocha frap is so good dave why is it good i don't know i think it's because it's like nine million calories why are we here i mean 
you've always been real deep, but like, I think life started on this planet as like, I don't know, like as alien. I wish I, I was I, a clown. I wish I, mean, I was a clown. Send in the clowns. They're already here, Dave. They're already here. Why? Right. It's profound. I know. Where did, like, who, who are we? Oh, my God. You're, you're in your feelings. I can see it. Do you not want to go to that movie? What movie? The movie. The one with the explosions and the car chasey. Nah. <laughs> we should rob a bank. You are so moody. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay. So like I didn't know how to I didn't know how to answer it, but I like I know how to do it. And I think I just showed yeah. you like when one of us thinks we're doing this and the other one thinks we're doing this. How so how did I solve the problem of him actively trying to fuck with me? Uh, well, reacting I, I think that you you gave um like you, first of all, I love that you like took a moment to really like react be uh, before everything. Um, Why go fast when you don't yeah. know where you're going, especially <laughs> if your friend is making the road curvy. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Pardon oh, me, my hurt. dog. That hurt to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I broke my improv. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just had to let the dog out. Who? Oh. Who? So like, uh, so that's my point. Like eventually by like modeling this behavior, you know, in science, they say like frequencies will eventually sync up. Mm -hmm. You'll kind of pull your friend to you as long as you don't get pulled to them. Like, oh God, we're fucking up. And what do we do? If you're just like, why are we here? Yeah. Like we're, we're going to be great. So I, I yes ended. I eventually pulled it like the, I gave myself a little object work. Mm -hmm. I gave myself a little bit of a character, like a teeny bit. And then I just paused and responded. Right. Yeah. I, what I, I, you, yes. And, and, and There's the response no was X factor. I just proved there is no X factor. <laughs> it's just how you see them. Yeah. Well, I, oh yes. And, and, um, I think that what the way you responded was treating everything as if it was sincere, whereas, yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Why not? As opposed to like, as if it's somebody who's like trying to throw wrenches, just as if it's yeah. sincere to the world of the scene. Yeah. The matrix, right. He, he can't bend the spoon and the kid is like, there is no spoon. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I feel like that is apropos of this discussion. There is no, the road is straight. It's not curvy. So uh, I guess uh, maybe a, another question I have is, is like, um, I think what's really helpful is, is to get people on the same page about this. And I think once, like, that was my experience coaching a team on this on this thing, right? Is that like- You want to unite we, the world? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love yeah. to. In this improv endeavor. And yeah. across America too. It's going to happen. Well, there are some countries where they're like, we don't care if it's funny or not. They'll right. go for the sincere. They like, they'll go for the, um, what do you call it? Linear. Like improv is different everywhere. And it makes sense because of where it is. Like right. improv up in the, uh, like Norway, you know, that peninsula, Norway, Sweden, Finland. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like they don't care if their improv skews dramatic, which I think is so hot. Yeah. And in, uh, where were we? Where their improv was linear narrative storytelling. Like it was all like beginning, middle and end storytelling. I can't remember where we were. Me and Susan travel a lot. But this was uh, somewhere international? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was okay. Ireland. I forget. Yeah. Well, so, and and with us, like, so there's styles that are like, okay, this is going to be narrative or story-based. And um, what do you have advice for people who, like, okay, I hear these three different things and, like, I feel like I can uh, play with any of them and access any of them uh, in myself, but I really want to lean into you know, a particular style that's like, uh, and, and like, how do you coach people to let go of the frustration um, of things that are out of their control that, that kind of like derail whatever style you're like, really well, want to get That's a teacher's whole job is getting them to feel comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I always say the only difference between a novice and an experienced improviser is like, neither one of us knows what's going to happen next. I just don't fucking care. Like, I can't wait to see. And as opposed to like, what's going to happen next to like, yeah, what's going to happen next? Like, it's like you have to flip that switch in a student to get them to be able to receive. So like if a student has deficiencies, let's say, and I don't even like that word, or like lacks an improv skill set, you pair them with the improviser that has that skill set. And then they'll start to like, and you tell them even to mirror each other. If you have a student who's afraid to edit, tell them to run when the editor runs so that they build up that like literal physical, like sense of timing, right? Physical intelligence. Like everyone forgets that like acting is important to our art form. And there's lots of craft attached to that art. Oh, I'm yelling again. No, people so, need to know 100 episodes. Listen. Right. So, so like you pair them with somebody who has the skill set, you actively drill the skill set that they need without telling them because yeah. you don't want to out anybody. But sometimes after an exercise, I might be like, was that hard? It's because it was something that you are like afraid to do. But I just proved you can do it. Mm-hmm. So your comfort zone is wholly constructed of fear and lacing. I'm very supportive. Right. Really? But I'm standing like this. You can do it, uh, you know. Uh, and like the reason why I said the three theaters were the different things is so that if somebody was like really lacking in a skill set, I'd be like, yeah. go to the annoyance and develop your point of view. They'll let you do mm-hmm. anything there. Go to the IO and learn how to fit in on a team and follow the pattern after a suggestion is given. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to write sketch? Go to Second City. So you send them to the place or you actively make them work that muscle in front of you without like letting them know, like you got to trick them into it. So they know they are already capable of it. I don't know how to say that better. No, no. I I think you, obviously you hit the mark. Um, Do you have any opinions? I was on a, a, one of those teacher Facebook groups for improv instructors uh, and there was a big discussion whether or not we should say, how did that feel after an exercise to do? I don't want to know how anyone feels. <laughs> Thank you. 
How did that feel? Fuck you. Because I'm guilty of it. I, I want to, I, like, I tell you, you me think, like, I'm so, oh, it's my go-to. Like, how did, like, how just did to that get this, feel? Uh, you can't ask that because they'll be like, good, fine, fuck you, let's move on. Yeah. You have to be like, uh, did you feel how character helped your dialogue? You, like, you can't ask that question. That question yeah. is a non-question. And also, I don't care about their feelings. I mean, I do. I want to protect them as students, but I care right. about their thoughts on our art form. Well. Yeah, that's interesting. I, uh, I suppose I would... Um... I get what you're saying about it kind of being an empty question. Um, yeah. But uh, I, th I think that there also can be people who um, benefit from answering it sincerely. And also oh, that like a lot of the time- You have to leave room for that made me feel uncomfortable. If you don't leave oh, room yeah. for that, then you have no business teaching. Yeah. Well, yes. And and I'm, I'm also, I, I think that and, and like, because I'm trying to like understand people better from the inside, like what what the, what they what their perception of things are. So sometimes when I ask like, "How did you feel about a show or a scene?" is that I'm trying to like access someone else's perception a little bit better, so I can speak in their terms or kind of like help them with whatever they're struggling with based on semantically. Everything you said bothered me. Like I don't want you inside my brain figuring me out. <laughs> I want you collecting well, patterns in my work and and presenting them to me, right? Like you constantly play low status tonight. I challenge you to X. If how do they feel? I feel like I blew my show. Don't be like, hey, next show you are only going to play high status, and then everybody wins. I think the go-to when I ask that question is is because I noticed someone dropped their veil and made a face. You know, like, like because they were uncomfortable. Most of the time, it's because they're uncomfortable <laughs> because they they they've gone to a place that's not in their comfort zone, uh, not like, not content wise, but just like I I'm I'm not a physical performer, and now I'm I have to do jumping jacks, and I don't mm -hmm. like that because I feel yeah. silly. I'm uh, usually like I'm not wearing the right bra for this. <laughs> How dare you, sir? going to be funny for a different reason when I do jump, jumping jacks. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, that is such a, so, so you, you go, go ahead, I address please. crunch right away. Yeah. You create a space where people can express themselves and it's only, I feel not you did. You yeah. have like, you can only get students to express yeah. through. I would like trying to like, like get into my students' brains, like how they perceive things like that. Like, I don't want to know what's going on in their crazy brain. It's so much healthier. It's so much healthier because we're all fucked up. Right. Yeah. We are all fucked up. People who are seeking anonymous validation from people in the dark while we dare to go without a script. Like we are weird people. So, yeah. but we're a weird group of people that put itself together, right. which is why in the improv community, like we need each other for scenes and we take care of each other. We're not like sword fighting or like we teams, like, like you are still friends with somebody who was on your first team. Yeah. Like teams are teams. I toured in a van with people for five years. We like let our children babysit each other. Like we take care of each other. Um, 
But like the learned behaviors of fear and judgment, like, oh no, I did something my character wouldn't do. And as a director, I create a persona that allows me to say things like, you are making up your character as you go along. How right. can you be messing that up? <laughs> An audience has never yelled, your character would never do that. But I wish they would, just one time. You're, no, you're, I want to get goes, it one time. Your audience goes, holy shit, they are brave for making it up. Yeah. That's what they do. They're like, they are doing the thing I fear most. Oh shit, and now they're singing? And oh shit, now they called back to the opening scene? Like, that's all the audience wants. They don't want to see our effort. TJ says this or Dave, effort is ugly. The audience doesn't want to see how hard you're working. Um, they want to see your flawless joy. And Craig Euler says, like, why would you telegraph that your make-believe isn't going well? Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love being like, Euler, what you doing? Going to help people make pretend. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, it is that simple. This was invented for children who play, who play. They yeah. don't worry about how they look or appear. They're so in tuned. They want to play a game with each other. Find the game of the scene. Doesn't mean like it appears because we do X, Y, and Z. It means you and I have connected on a level. And especially if we're three different kinds of improvisers, us connecting is a miracle. And why our audience like gives standing, uh, standing ovations to TJ and Dave and Mason and Messing all the time. Yeah. And I'm I, yelling again. We're going to take another water break. Um, <laughs> uh, look, if we do this right, this can be our last episode. We can, do, we can end it here at 100 if we do, if we do right. it correctly. Can they get us all canceled? I'm sorry. Oh, oh no. I mean, I mean, we can teach everything there is to teach about improv, and we yeah. don't have anything more yeah. that we need to give. How we're to done. become a better improviser in 100 episodes. That's the name of this podcast. Uh -huh. um, so Excellent work, I, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and work. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know we came up with one goal during the pandemic this was it so thank you for helping uh, that, that, does, that does set up the i think the x factor is um uh has particular importance to me because there's an, a, a sort of magic element to it that yes. um uh and putting art where there was none before is magical mm -hmm. and if the weird guy is like going first like, let us celebrate that magic. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm right with you. And I, and I think that, like, um, something you said earlier, too, about, like, uh, having your wheelhouse end up being a, a crutch or a sign of, like, Fuck sort yeah. of laziness is, like, I, I feel like uh, the heart and head side of things can be things that you can get really good at, um, it's so in so much that you can get too comfortable with it, you right? Is that like, right? Yeah, yeah you yeah. build up the muscle. Uh -huh. Whereas X Factor is something that is always about um, holy the magical, sub the subjective, whatever is is surprising and magical to you right now. Yes, which is always changing. You so, know, it would so, be fun, yeah. or like I'm gonna be a beaver. You know, like whatever. <laughs> like I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. The guy who's the beaver in the boardroom meeting. <laughs> like, hold so, on, I want to hear what the beaver thinks. Um, and we had a question from uh, our buddy Kurt again that is, uh, can, you can you be malicious? No. Can you be malicious while still being constructive or is it uh, just to be avoided? 
Well, I will say it is a learning moment for anyone who has to deal with them. Those happen way more in classroom situations yeah. because of a level of artistry than they would ever happen on stage. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, to me, I think that like um, the difference between a malicious X factor and, and the other two tends to be. Is there earnest... white male privilege? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that let's be honest. I, mean, I, I, I always tell the people who are uh, funny at work. People, yeah. uh, the the funny at work. Oh, guy. it's so rude because I was the funniest yeah. one at work. Hmm. Um, but there's like an earnestness to connect, right? Like, and and I don't, I don't, yes. I feel like that's what's missing from malicious X factors is that right? Like, they don't want to connect. You yeah, can right. still make them look good, like I proved with Bob, but they're not trying mm -hmm. to connect. Yeah. Yeah. So one person ends up looking fan fucking tastic because Absolutely. they took care of their friend. Like and I did, like I was able to do for Bob, even though I asked him to fuck with me. Yeah. So obviously an, an answer to dealing with someone like that is, is that like a coach and a teacher or director should have um, the station to, you know, address it or, or fix it. But you <laughs> should have smelled that a while ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. been able to harness that power for good. Yeah. But like, I, I think it's as literal as it's literally as simple as being like, hey dude, no walk-ons this show. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm giving that note. That's a <laughs> no walk-ons tonight. Leave first beats alone. But it's my favorite move. I do it every scene. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Brazil. What? We don't even know their names yet. Um I think it's it's still something that uh, we get a lot of questions about or or I still people are always asking like, yeah, but but it's it's not something but, that it's like when you're yes, in the middle and, of it. Like even <laughs> yes, but is already you're in the wrong place. Yes, yeah. and I must I'm sorry, I'm yelling. Please, please do. I the, the louder you are, the, the more that will take you seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a woman in comedy. Yes. Um, but thank you for reminding me. I'm a woman. Yeah, I hit a particular decimal point before. Let me do system. some yeah. jumping jacks and yell about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't know, like the no butters, the no butters yeah. need to understand that there are no mistakes in improv. There are more productive right. moves, but there are mm -hmm. no mistakes in improv because we are making it up. Yeah. The rules make us more productive. And I don't know what movie I'm quoting, but they're really more like guidelines. They're not rules. I'm quoting something and I can't remember what it is. But uh, like, and as Dell used to say, like you learn the rules to break them and not break them to fuck with people, but to serve the peace, mm -hmm. not your own agenda, not this would be funny if. To Dell said the whole reason we took one suggestion and did a half hour long piece is so that the audience would learn a truth about the suggestion and we would learn a truth about each other in the pursuit of that. Like that's so much bigger yeah. than like, I was the funniest one in my shitty Herald that didn't get to its third beat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so it's the, uh, yeah. Wanted to connect with each other and, and connect with the, the the work that you're doing in a, in a in a different way than selfishly just serving the funny bone. Yeah, that's for short form. Where are you doing long form? 
Go do short form where it's direct, immediate use of the suggestion, steep angle in. Long form scenic improv is a much more deconstructive, leisurely. I'm going to use their suggestion, but I'm going to use it backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, like scenic improv is meant to like explore and heighten, not invent and justify. That's short form. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna um, give me is, time with is this only audio like does anyone even know i'm doing this with no it's for it's for me it's just for me oh, God. <laughs> i'm gonna watch this again and take a shot every time you do that make sure you look at the at the video uh stream of this for the most uh crafty finger uh wagging that you've ever seen in your life <laughs> one of my favorite bits in all of history is mr burns counting going 21 22 23 skidoo like, he makes it, like i don't know why it's one of my favorite i think about it all the time um so can we, let's talk about these other two uh x factors um okay especially the conscious one because uh Again, I think it's a little bit more straightforward. The unconscious is like, okay, this is somebody who just kind of uh, approaches things differently. But like, mm-hmm. how do you apply the conscious X factor if you're somebody that doesn't, um, that's more, that, whose wheelhouse is more like the other head and heart? Um, the conscious X factor is still making real bizarre moves. Like they're coming at an angle we wouldn't thought of, mm-hmm. but it is like, like I like the example I used is everything's been real quiet. We need to do something loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like they're stirring it up, but it's because like the piece needs it. Right. Yeah. Um, and is that something that like, uh, I don't know, is it, I, is it something that, that you have to get people comfortable to kind of take the leap on like like how do you get people to to make it still feel spontaneous even if you're sitting on the back line being like i'm gonna mix it up next round it's still you know i I think no they don't do that they have the all x factors have the idea and go they don't sit there waiting to edit they go Gotcha. Okay. So you, you don't think about yeah. like, um, I, 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 I sometimes think about the idea of conscious X factor as somebody maybe who is uh, more naturally like a head thinker being like, uh, okay, I can kind of have the overhead view of the show and then being like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna. Uh... James, you are clearly ahead is what I would like to say. <laughs> you are definitely a head player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, See how hot that is? It's hot. Uh, how hot what is? How hot that is to be like, like now when I like now when I play with you, I'll be able to sit there and like, you know, we'll be able uh, to tank, we'll be able to use the dance floor when we tango. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, mm-hmm. um, but that, I guess that is like, uh, it's just as somebody who I am definitely very cerebral. Um, but I, I do also love the, uh, you know, surreal and absurd and, and spontaneous. And, but sometimes when I'm doing it consciously, I, I think about it sort of through a, a head filter where I'm like, um, this needs something. And I won't, ha- like you said, it's it's not so much of like, this is my deal. And this is my character. James, it's I'm tired. Like you are allowed to think, but you are not allowed to think about thinking. Right. So, so <laughs> like, what was that fucking movie about 
my life, basically the improv movie that Keegan is in and the Golden oh, uh, uh, don't, don't think, think twice. twice. Yeah. Okay, so like you know how the UCB thing is don't think. Mm -hmm. It is actually don't think twice because what they mean is make your choice and then never think about it again. Like proceed. Yeah. So when you're like, I'm filtering it through the, like you're already like a step removed, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. And if it like, um, well, I'm not really doing that on the, I'm not doing that layer of it on the back line. I'm doing it now in conversation, but like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just wondering like, um, do you, would you, would you sooner coach somebody to be like, don't worry about it. If you, if you know, you have an X factor on the team, you just like relax and do you, the, the X factor will come on its own terms or like, you, you know what I mean? Or is, is well, there a... there's, di there's different things. Yeah. Like, like I said, the best teams put themselves together mm -hmm. and the best forms are created by those teams to show off their particular skill set, love of subject matter, similar style of play, uh, whatever. Uh, Bob, I can't help myself. <laughs> Oh 100 God. episodes. I do that three times an episode. You should not have had coffee and Xanax for and breakfast. We have three <laughs> minutes left. We have three and episodes. Three minutes left. All right. So that's what the people want. What was I doing before I so rudely interrupted myself? Uh, you uh, were um, yelling at you about something. About. Uh, Oh, 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 uh, uh, I asked about, uh, it should, should the, the uh, a player who is predominantly head style oh, lead so it to the X Factor? If it's, if it's a team that like got put together by like the Herald Commission, mm -hmm. you, you have to address it away from them because you don't want to see that person or you have to treat them like anyone else, but give them specific notes that they can execute. Mm -hmm. If it's a team that put itself together, they don't care. They love it. That's why that person is on that team. Right. Oh, gotcha. And they yeah. know how to use that person's weirdness. Yeah. So I, I suppose another way of asking it is like, do you think that people should just lean into what their uh, strength is? Or, or do you think it should be more like also, you know, I, tap, tap into the stuff that like you're not used to, to keep out, you know, keep yourself. I think in yourself. rehearsal, you challenge yourself to do things like to fail so that it is less likely you will fail on stage. Like the more you fail in rehearsal and in the room, the, the better and more productive risks you will take on stage. Yeah. Uh, so I think that like to sort of answer your question, like the better you get, like this is TJ or Dave, I can't remember. Like when you get better, your bar for sucking doesn't stay down here. It comes with you. So like when, like even the best person, when they suck, it's still pretty fucking good. Yes. So like, like the concept of mistake goes away or tough to play with goes away. And like the, I'm wandering now, the herd thins itself. Like people are like, you know, this is fun and helped me. I'm done. Or the people are like, I want to do this forever. Like, oh God, I know I was meandering back to your question. Can you just put the fine point on it? Uh, it's uh, how much should be, oh you you were you started with um uh the more that you challenge yourself uh to things that might fail in rehearsal if you only yeah so if you only play the way you play like that you're gonna get better at the way you play and you need to know when you can bust out your tools and your 
you know, your ammo. But I also think like you don't want to ever be in one of those situations where you are telegraphing to the audience that you're not ready for this. So in rehearsal, we work as much as we can, right? Like people are like, how do you rehearse improv? It's like, so we can feel balls. We never know like the speed or direction it's going to bounce. So like, that's what rehearsal is for. I think I answered your question. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I love, again, what I really fell in love with about the idea of Hearthead and X Factor is it mostly as a teaching tool um, and, um, and, and, a, and a rehearsal tool. So I, I think that that is exactly what I was asking is, is like, okay, well, yeah, you go, when you're on stage, let go of whether you're tending to those things so much and just play. And then when you go back to rehearsal, it's the piece, yeah. right? It's the piece. I'm sorry, yeah. keep going. And no, when you're yeah, in rehearsal, yeah, exactly. yeah, you have a different focus on stage. Yeah, I think that where people get like kind of um, uh, eye rolling about like rehearsals is that like, well, what are we going to do? A show that no one's going to see? And it's like, well, your focus really shouldn't be the show in a rehearsal your focus should be like are you challenging yourself and are you yeah aiming at a particular goal you know uh, that you can... that's my third <laughs> three <laughs> but yeah and and then yeah 100 baby bob 100 <laughs> thank you thank you that's why james keeps me on the payroll because yeah. <laughs> i bring it <laughs> Um, I, I'm a really, disgusting human being. Uh, you are a spectacular human being. Um, and uh, really, I mean, I, I think that is a, gr a great place to leave it. And um, Aww, you, you are very wonderful um, yeah. people for saying that and for having me. Happy one hondo. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. And, and I hope, you know. On. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I'm glad I got a chance to uh, give you some insight on just how much um, uh, a single workshop with you uh, has um, uh, uh, rippled throughout, you know. Uh, I love I it. Do, uh, I love it. Let's so, secretly take over the world. Yeah. So I hope that lots of people uh, get the same benefit from this episode because uh, th there really was uh, so many great gems in there. So thanks so much for sharing, yeah. Rachel. You're welcome. Um, all right. And uh, b before we leave, we'll just say uh, thanks so much for 100 episodes to everybody uh, who's watched and joined. Um, and uh, please go to the improvnetwork.org. Remember that we are a live stream every Sunday at one o'clock um, uh, Eastern. And we are also a podcast. So um, if you can't always catch the stream and you want to take us in your earbuds, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Ooh, okay. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I don't want to go in your ear, but I don't want to know your thoughts, feelings, or inner ear. Hey, if you want to Let take us know how ear. you felt about this one. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much. We'll catch you next time on the Improv <laughs> Network podcast. Bye. 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 <laughs>